a quick favor to ask. If you enjoy this podcast, do me a favor. Please go to Apple or Spotify and click follow. See, part of the reason that I started this podcast is that money is taboo. And my dream is to be able to inspire millions of people just like you to build a healthier relationship with money. And so by clicking follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it really helps my team and it helps this podcast get in front of more couples who need it. Thank you again for being an IWT listener. It means a lot to my team and it means a lot to me. Do you notice on this show that a lot of couples fight about the price of ice cream or a $20 Amazon purchase? And one of the primary reasons for that is that their fixed costs are just too high. We've seen 70%, 83%, even 125% fixed costs on this show. Now, of course, I recommend they work to get those costs down, cut subscriptions, pay off debt, cut their groceries, maybe even their housing costs or car. But frankly, the price of toothpaste is the price of toothpaste. Everybody's basically paying the same amount. So naturally, as your income goes up, your fixed cost percentage will go down. If you want to know how to increase your income, you should come to my next live coaching call. This March 14th in my money coaching program, we're going to talk about how to negotiate a higher salary. I'm going to show you some of the techniques that lots of my students have used to negotiate their salary, whether it's at their existing job or for a new job. And at the end, plenty of time for Q&A. You can only get the invitation to this live call, How to Negotiate a Higher Salary, by joining my coaching program at iwt.com slash moneycoaching. I'll see you at iwt.com slash moneycoaching. Have you ever admitted out loud that you were spoiled? Yeah. They told me they spoiled, like I was spoiled. I was talking like a little spoiled kid. Do they still spoil you? Um, I would think in a way, yeah, probably. Our first child was a sweet surprise. And so right off the bat, we were like having kids and working full time. But then I started noticing like with our finances, things are not adding up. Where is this money going? Where is it all being wasted? And there were a few times where, you know, I was like, you know, I'm not going to come home. Like, this is it. It's over. Like, I don't want anything to do with it. And it's so funny because I graduated with a psychology degree. And looking back now, I'm like, all the signs, all the flags were there. But it's like, when it's your family, you put the blinders on, you know? Let's meet Anna and Gabriel. Anna's 31 and Gabriel's 28. They've got three young children and they've been married almost 10 years. Now they currently live in Gabriel's parents' house and Anna wants to move on. She wants to begin the next part of their lives. But there's a challenge when it comes to the way that they talk about money and there is something in their history that we're going to dive into today. This is Anna and Gabriel. The situation is just, I feel like we've been stuck doing the same patterns over and over again. And even though over the years, our income has grown, it just seems like we can't get out of, you know, living with Gabriel's parents, separate home, but same property or land. And even so, even after having three kiddos, we're still there. And uh, your children, how old are they? So we have a two-year-old, a four-year-old, and a seven-year-old. All right. Congratulations. That's a great, beautiful family. You're living with Gabriel's parents in a separate, like an ADU or some type of separate unit. Is that right? Yeah, it's like a studio. Yeah, we started, we did have our own apartment and Anna was going to school. 
and I was the only one working. She was working a part-time. So that was still tight. I mean, we made it work. My parents helped us out. We've been married for uh, nine years. It'll be 10 years next next year. So yeah, we were, I was 20 years old. So they were helping us out with sometimes with groceries. They would go to Costco and help us out. So it's been tight since you met. You could theoretically go the rest of your lives with money being tight. Why come here? Why decide to potentially make a change? Anna? Because it's too tight. I, I want, yeah, I want to be able to move out to rent a house and just have more space where I'm not necessarily like with my kids in the same room all the time. Gabriel, why do you think that we're here right now? Why do you think Anna filled out this application? Mm, I'd made, I think I made bad decisions. To be honest, I feel guilt. I made some impulsive decisions. And I think it was my fault. We dug ourselves maybe into a hole and I'm accepting my fault. What was the impulsive decisions? For example, I bought a quad during my times that I was uh my addiction what's a quad uh like a four-wheeler oh okay like an atv yeah all right how much did that cost um like eight thousand no about nine thousand right now it has a a flat tire and i haven't fixed it how many times you ride that thing like five times. Five times. <laughs> yeah, like twenty-five. That's times. like two thousand dollars a ride. Cool. Yeah, and and I and I I admit it was an impulsive. That's one of the impulsive purchases that I had because I did it on my own, and then I just told Anna, "Oh, I'm gonna go pick up the quad." He leaves and he comes back, and there's like a trailer with a quad on it in front of our house, and I was like, "What is this?" Wow. So, so yeah, was this kind of during the full? F- full-blown addiction it was impulsivity as well yeah mm-hmm. getting a car maybe that was over our budget at the time which car uh bmw x3 2019 how much did that yeah. cost what was it anna i think it was 50 60 like yeah around yeah. 60 yeah Sixty thousand. okay yeah. all right and the other big thing obviously was that i wasted a little over three years of just um, on my addiction. I kind of did the math and it was around, I would say like 30,000 that I wasted with drugs and okay. uh, alcohol. But I've been sober three years now. So I feel like there's a new me. So it's like a Gabriel 2.0. And so I want to work at it. And I do, I want to get out of my parents. Uh-huh. It's it's nice to have them, but sometimes I want to have my own space. I want the kids to have their own space. So I, I'm willing to work at it. I love hearing it. Thanks for being honest. Thanks for taking responsibility. And I love your vision. Gabriel 2.0. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In fact, I'll tell you this. I've never heard someone who went through addiction look back and actually calculate how much they think it cost them. I know it was a big chunk and now it opened my eyes even more and made me want to change my, my mindset and my, maybe my lifestyle as well too. Now, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not, it's not a small amount. So it's a lot of money, but I'll tell you something. What's impressive to me. Sometimes people come on and they're very concerned that they did the math wrong. I'm less concerned about that. What I always look for is what type of character traits do they show? Do they come prepared? 
Do they care for their partner? And are they listening? And the fact that you calculated that is very impressive. You came prepared and ready to change. I appreciate that. I noticed that. And um, that means a lot, I think, to us and, and to you. I really love this. I never judge someone for not knowing some technicality about personal finance. And I'll never judge someone for being poor or not having enough money. Why would I? What really impresses me about Gabriel is how seriously he is taking this entire conversation. He got help. He even looked back to calculate how much money he spent during his addiction. And he's acknowledging that he was impulsive. Personally, I would rather work with someone in $50,000 of credit card debt with this kind of attitude than someone who makes $250,000 and has no desire to change. We'll be right back after this. Here's a little trick that I use when I sign up for certain services. If I'm signing up for some Instagram ad that I saw and it's called Acme Corp, for my last name, I will add plus Acme Corp. I've done this many times. And then about six months later, what do you know? I start getting ads in the mail addressed to Ramit Sethi plus Acme Corp. By doing this, you can actually see which companies are selling your information. And you will discover that when you buy a product from a lot of companies online, they sell your information. When you sign up for a magazine, they sell your information. Your information is getting sold all the time. It's being vacuumed up by data brokers and then posted online and sold everywhere. Now, personally, I hate this. I want a service out there that fights to give me my privacy back. So I personally signed up and paid for Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that will remove your personal information that's being sold online. And they remove it all, your name, address, phone number, all of it. It automatically works in the background to scan and delete your personal information from over 30 data brokers and they'll even do custom requests on over 580 data brokers. Again, I use this personally. I love it. I recommend it to my friends and family. I even bought a subscription for my parents because I knew they wouldn't do it on their own. Delete Me has reviewed 4,600 plus listings for me and removed dozens of pieces of personal information. So if you want to get your personal information removed from your search results on the web, go to joindeleteme.com slash Ramit for 20% off a plan for you or your entire family. Again, that's joindeleteme.com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T. If you ever follow me on Instagram, sometimes you'll see me post about my behind-the-scenes travel experiences, coffee tours, salsa-making classes in Mexico, all kinds of culinary stuff in India. And I'll get a lot of people saying, where do I find that Kyoto notepad maker that you found. And one place you can find that is Viator. In fact, my wife and I used Viator to book a Segway tour where we took a tour of a new city and we had an amazing experience, something we never would have thought of doing on our own. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. And with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everybody. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real travel reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best travel activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app 
Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Now, what I want to do is I want to hear from Anna. I'm not an addiction expert, so I'm going to ask for the broad strokes, and then I want to move on to the financial part of our conversation. But I do think it's important to know the backstory here. So, Anna, can you tell me, from your perspective, the brief version of what was it like as Gabriel went through addiction and seems to have gone through treatment and is now Gabriel 2.0? What's that like for you? It was very hard. I started noticing just little things here and there, and I would kind of brush brush them off. Our first child was a sweet surprise. And so right off the bat, we were like having kids and working full time. Of course, my attention wasn't always on him and my concern wasn't on him. So, you know, I would let it slide. And so a couple of months would go by. And But then I started noticing like with our finances, things are not adding up. Like, where is this money going? Where is it all being wasted? Um, so again, I would question him, but we would always meet somehow ends meet. So then life would keep going. Yeah, I would start finding little things here and there and I would question it and he would always deny it. And it's so funny because I'm, I graduated with a psychology degree and like looking back now, I'm like all the signs, all the flags were there, but it's like when it's your family, you put the blinders on. So yeah, it was, it was hard just kind of, you know, praying about like, what do I need to do? What's my next steps? Like, I obviously want my kids to be safe. I want them to be protected. And there were a few times where, you know, I was like, you know, I'm not going to come home. Like, this is it. It's, it's over. Like, I don't want anything to do with it. But sure enough, after months of like encouraging him to seek counseling and just to talk to people, he decided to take that big step and, you know, go to a facility center and he was there for three months. And even during that time, like my in-laws were super sweet and so supportive and they helped me meet the ends meet that he obviously couldn't provide during those three months. Wow. Mm -hmm. Three months. That's a long time. Yeah. It was hard. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I had two kids and I was pregnant as well with our third. Okay. All right. Thank you for sharing that with me, Gabriel. Hearing that, anything surprise you from hearing that? Well, it's just sometimes I I feel guilt. That's why I'm I'm here to try to make it up and cover that ground that I lost. Hmm. And I guess that's that would be why I'm kind of nervous because, like, I don't. (laughs) Of like if when the podcast airs and say the addiction part and then people will comment. I just don't know how I'm going to react, but I, 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 I do care, but I don't care if that makes sense. Sorry. Tell you what, I, I don't have a lot of experience with people who have gone through addiction and certainly gone to treatment centers, but you let me deal with the people online who say anything. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Of course there are people on the internet who say things, but I can tell you right now, just from listening to both of your stories, there's nothing here that people would make fun of, that any reasonable person would. And if they do, I will handle them myself. Okay? Yeah. Thank All you. Right. Yeah. What's it been like in those three years that you've been back? Well, when I came back, there was some guidelines or parameters that I had to follow. So I couldn't have, I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't, I couldn't have money with me. Mm -hmm. I had to be with someone. 
In other words, you were never alone in six months. Yeah, never alone. Yeah, never alone. One was because obviously I could fall back. And two was also because I was taking medication. Now I'm off the medication. So now I'm more alert, more. I just slowly, like I said, like been updating Mm -hmm. to a new version of myself. And I think it's it's getting better talking about money. Um, But we still need to work on it. Um, That's why we're here. Yeah. Good. Okay. Anna, what, what, what's it been like for you? Three years. I understand that he wasn't allowed to have money for a while. T- talk to me about that. Yeah. So the first year was a big adjustment because yeah, like you mentioned, like the first six months, gosh, I'd even say it was even longer. There was like rules that they set him home with. And of course, like his parents, and all of us made sacrifices to like be able to help him through those rules. Um, mm-hmm. He can never be anywhere by himself, no money. And so, yeah. And so I would say definitely the last two years have been like a total turnaround, just who he is, who his character is. Like I would tell him at the beginning, I'm like, is this really you? Like, you know, is this guy here to stay? And now total, total difference because now he's totally active with the kids. He wants to do stuff with the kids. He wants to be there for the kids. Okay. All right. Well, uh, you know what? I just want to, acknowledged Anna obviously you took on so much of the burden of helping and supporting but also his parents sounds like you have a really strong family support system we don't all have that and so big kudos to your families as well thank you thank you you know I want to acknowledge something really special about Anna and Gabriel they've gone through Gabriel's addiction and listen to the way they talk they are a team Now, whether you've had personal experience with addiction or not, you know that this can't have been easy. And we are only hearing a compressed version of what their entire family went through for years. What's really remarkable to me is how they are approaching this conversation. Do you notice the tone of voice? Do you notice their body language if you're watching this on YouTube? Notice even how they're framing the challenge. They have kids and they live in a studio at his parents' place. I've had people on this podcast who have a lot more money and they live in a much bigger place and they were screaming and catastrophizing about it. But to me, I noticed this sort of ease that Anna and Gabriel have that comes from being a team. Of course they have problems, but what I really love is that they are approaching it with calmness and unity. That is something that I really admire. So you mentioned that you have different money mindsets. How would you describe your money mindset, Gabriel? I am more of a, a spender, like kind of like mm, spend now and think about it later. Like an, I'm an impulsive buyer, I guess sometimes. I've been trying not to be. And so you just stay away from those areas of temptation, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Anna, what's your money mindset? How would you describe it? Um, I would say like, I'm okay with waiting to buy things. Like I could save up and then buy whatever we need later or yeah. Or like, if we don't have the money for it, then we don't have the money for it type of thing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the money for something, Gabriel, will you buy it on credit? Uh, yeah. If we don't have the money, I don't, I wish no credit. I mean, I tried not to get anything on credit now. Okay. All right. But, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> but we did just get a washer on credit. How much? 
800. And and why, just out of curiosity, I mean, your parents are being very generous. You can stay there, but is it your responsibility to replace the washer or did they offer to do it? Gabriel offered. Yeah, I offered. Oh, you offered? Yeah, I offered. With what money? <laughs> well, Anna did tell me that we had, because I'm uh, since I came back from the rehab, I've kind of just let her handle the money. And she did tell me that we did have the money to pay it off. And I guess it's my mindset is still, well, if we can get on credit and just pay it off slowly, like not slowly, but like in a few, like two months, like pay it off. Why not just get it just theoretically with cash or something like that? Like why put it on a credit card? Um, if you say credit card points. No, no, no. Oh, just zero God. interest. I'm just going to say zero interest. Did you open up a Lowe's card? Oh. <laughs> you did. He did. <laughs> what do I say about those retail cards? They're not good. They're horrible. What does that mean? Zero percent interest. Well, we don't get charged interest. Um, that's I guess. You also wouldn't get charged interest if you just handed over eight hundred dollars. Yeah, right? yeah, and I guess that's again that's one of my spending patterns that I maybe have, and that's kind of the mindset that I want to change. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. What do you think would be a healthy relationship for the two of you to have with money? What would it look like? To be more on board, like on the decisions, I guess. Yeah. What does that mean on board? She told me at the store, like, let's pay. We can pay it off right now. And I'm like, yeah, but it, like, I guess. I don't know. It's just like in my, <laughs> like, that's the way out my old thinking. And it just came out like, why? If we have 0% interest. So I'm maybe now I need to be like, yeah, you're right. Let's just pay it off. Does she know more about money than you do? Um, yeah, I think so. Maybe. I'm just imagining the two of you at Lowe's. There's like a gigantic pallet with a washer and you're just about to check out. And then you're like, you know what? I think we should open up a Lowe's <laughs> card. And she's like, huh? Like, what? Why? why did that come up for you that you wanted to advise her? To open up a Lowe's card. Well, now that you say it, I think in a way it might have been the way that I was brought up. My dad, I think instead of and he has the money, but he'll like he'll go to Home Depot and stuff like that and get say he needs to build a fence and he'll get it on the credit card, even though I know that he has the money, but he'll question, is your dad debt free? No. Well, no, no. What? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> so, so your dad's like, let's charge it up on the card, but he's got credit card debt. Yeah. He could be. He could be, yes. So why isn't he? I, I honestly, we, we, the same way maybe that me and Anna can't, like, I try to tell him, like, well, if you have the cash, why don't you just... I try to give him the advice. You told your dad that? How about you tell <laughs> yeah. yourself that? You're like, don't do what I do. Just do yeah. what I say. It's better yeah. that. Uh, is this yeah. about to become a multi-generational podcast? I'm going to get your dad. Your oh. parents are going to yeah. come on here too. It's going to be that amazing. That would be awesome. That would be, that would be pretty cool. So can I go out <laughs> on a limb here and say that some of the dynamics in your marriage in terms of money 
might they be mirrored like 30 feet away in your parents' house? Um, I would think, yes. Um, okay. The problem is that I don't have the income that mm-hmm. my dad has. So yeah. maybe that's not a good idea for me to mirror. That's kind of why I wanted to come on here and do the podcast because I need to change that mindset. Let's talk about it because I'll tell you something. If I had to go get a washer and God forbid I had to walk into one of these home repair shops and I saw a washer for 800 bucks, I would put it on my credit card. I would. I would put it on my credit card knowing that I have my credit card set up to automatically pay off in full every single month. I don't even look at it. It just pays it off. I also know that I have the cash to do that. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we probably need to adapt a little bit of the way you think about money. No problem. That's money mindset changes. I don't mind that. I'm also interested in the dynamic between the two of you, how you make money decisions. He fully trusts me. Like every week he'll just give me like what he makes and I I just stick it in the in the bank. And then from there I just took it like I just pay off everything or whatever. Um I just make sure there's enough. So you're handling the day-to-day. He's Gabriel, sounds like you're mostly on board with what Anna wants to do. But once in a while, you're going to go out and get something of your own. And then Anna's got to figure out how to make it work. Right? Um, Yeah, but it's not like I just go out and like, oh, I'm going to go get this. Like, I do ask her, like, oh, is there like, is there a chance? Have you ever said no? I think so. Trying to think of the last time I said no. I don't know if I fully said no, but I think it's like, oh, well, can you wait for it or something? I don't know. It's probably the same thing as saying no. Not the same thing at all. (laughs) Oh. It's not at all. (laughs) That's interesting. I can't think of the last time I said no. Okay. Okay. So, Anna, you're the kind of financial executive in the household, but also the operational person, the day-to-day. Gabriel is bringing his paycheck to you and saying, here you go. Once in a while, he comes and asks, hey, I need to buy these shoes, etc. Is there money? To which you always reply either yes or can you wait a couple of weeks? Fair? Yeah. All right. Is this system working for you? No, because I would want for him to kind of I would want for him to be the vision of like where I want our money to go. Um, so I would like for him to kind of know that stuff so that way he wouldn't have to come to me and ask like, Hey, can I get this? Or I need work boots or whatever. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and and Gabriel, same question for you. Is the system working for you? Yes, because I feel the less, I know, like, I know there's been situations, like, in the past where I see that we have money in the, in the account, and it's easy for me, like, oh, it's fine, I'll, I can just, I'll get it. So sometimes that's, I think that's my struggle. I, I Sometimes I don't even want to know how much money we have, mm-hmm. because then I'll make those impulsive decisions. So um, um, I do want to get more involved. Good answer. Good answer. I like that you said, yes, it is working, because it's a great system for you. You you just bring your paycheck and then you're like, here you go. I'm out of here. P.S. Give me some shoes. It It is working for you. But I also like that you say, hey, I want to 
I want to know a little bit more. However, when I see money in there, sometimes it makes me want to spend it. I, I get that. Before we continue, are you continuing to get treatment for the impulsive behavior? Um, well, I'm meeting with my therapist um, every two weeks. That's- you, talk, you talk about this? Um, a little, yeah. Not too much, but maybe I can bring it up. <laughs> Great. Yeah. That would be awesome. I have a friend of mine who's always cold. She told me she and her partner have totally different temperatures when they sleep. She goes to bed in a flannel pajama. She's got extra blankets. Her partner's running hot. So now she recently started testing the pod cover from 8sleep, one of our sponsors. Before she goes to sleep, she gets on the app, cranks up the heat, and when she gets into bed at night, it's already warm and waiting for her. The pod cover by 8sleep fits on your bed like a fitted sheet. And it collects information. It has sensors. The pod then uses that information to understand what you need to get better sleep. You can set it to heat up or cool down before you get into bed. It also adjusts while you sleep. And you can set it to change temperatures to gently wake you up in the morning. Best part, there are two zones. So if you run hot and your partner runs cold, you can each set your side of the bed to exactly how you want it. Improve the way you sleep by using my link at 8sleep.com slash Ramit for $200 off plus free shipping on their high-tech pod three cover. That's 8sleep.com slash Ramit, E-I-G-H-T, sleep.com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T, for a better, smarter sleep. A few years ago, I was at a tea tasting in New York with one of my buddies. I thought it was going to be a normal tea tasting. Suddenly, six people from Japan come in. They pour basically three thimblefuls of tea and we taste it. I've never tasted anything like that. And they tell us if we were to buy that, just the three thimblefuls, it would be $75. Now, drop for drop, that's the most expensive thing I've ever had to drink. Not all of us have the time or the money to buy that specific tea from that specific mountainside in Japan. But what if you could capture that feeling of the care and the love, even the way that they served it to us? What if you could bring that to your home every morning? Well, I want to introduce you to one of our newest sponsors, Peak Tea. What makes Peak Tea special is that the tea is cold extracted using only wild harvested leaves from 250-year-old tea leaves. That makes the tea rich in minerals, and other beneficial compounds. Now, the greatest part is that peak tea is zero prep. There's no tea bag that you have to steep for the perfect amount of time. Peak dissolves in cold or hot water in seconds. It's already pre-measured, it's perfectly brewed, and it's perfect to take if you travel. My team's been trying peak tea, and they especially love the Pu'er green teas. For a limited time, get up to 15% off and a free quiver with 12 tea samples with my link, peaklife.com slash Ramit. That's P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E dot com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T. Now back to the episode. That scene at Lowe's is so interesting to me. Just this idea that a couple would even be debating whether to open up a credit card while standing in line is absolutely wild to me. That would be like me standing in line for Chipotle and deciding to buy an alligator. It literally makes no sense to me. And then Gabriel telling Anna, Anna who knows way more about money, that they should open up the card. And Anna who's never said no and even sounded startled by my question, just quietly letting it happen. 
All the while, the ghost of Gabriel's dad is watching over them. This is like a movie scene. I'm actually curious what else Gabriel learned from his dad about money. I was an only child for a long time. My dad had his own landscaping business. And yeah, it just, I never really struggled with like anything around the house. Like I was always had, I was like spoiled, I guess you can say. Like, Have you ever admitted out loud that you were spoiled? Yeah. Okay. Are your parents both alive? Yes. Okay. And if I asked them today, did you spoil Gabriel? What would they say? They would say, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then they've told me, yeah. What do they say? They've told me they spoiled, that I was spoiled. I would talk like a little spoiled kid. And and I would say, well, not anymore. I'm not like, (laughs) Uh yeah. Okay. Um, Do they still spoil you? Um, I would think in a way, yeah, probably. Uh, how, how so? I don't know, but I just feel like they do help us out a lot. And I don't know if that's spoiled or not. Mm. Um, like, I guess the only thing I could think of is like, I work with my dad. And well, he just gifted me a truck uh, for for us to have a second car. I don't know if that's full of me or not. Like, how much is that truck worth? Uh, he paid twenty thousand for it from one of our clients. Oh, okay. He bought it for twenty k and gave it to you. Yeah. And did you have to pay anything for that truck? No. Okay. All right. Got it. So it's just the registration. I guess my my dad would be an impulsive like buyer too as well he'll show up with a pickup um that a client offered him okay anna um would you say that uh gabriel's dad might be impulsive with money as well gabriel's word yeah so i definitely see a lot of similarities and if it's fair enough to say and his dad shares his story his testimony all the time so his dad was also an alcoholic and so i think the the impulsiveness I think they share that because um, I definitely see his dad like my father-in-law is like the most generous person I've ever met. And so like, I don't know if it would, if this is like impulsive, but he will gladly like pay for everyone's meal. Like if we go out to dinner or do things like that. Yeah. Mm. And Gabriel, are you the same way in terms of that generosity? Yeah, I believe so. He tries. Yeah. I try. Yes. To my, to my, I guess you could say to my, my, my budget, I guess. Yeah. I do it to a smaller scale. So but, for uh, example, like if you were out with let's just say friends or, or family or something like that, might you offer to just pick up the check for everybody? Yeah, if it's like not something like say if we go out with friends to in and out, I mm-hmm. might pay for their meals, which is not super expensive. But if we go out to like on a nice restaurant, then that's where I'm like, no, well I can't like so. Got it. All right, Anna, how about you? How were you raised with money? What do you remember about growing up as a kid uh, and money in your family? I remember like watching my dad scratch his head a few times just as he was like sitting with my mom in the bed, just taking out the money to pay rent. I remember we had to rent one of our rooms to like a roommate um, just to meet the rent for that month. Granted, we did live in like Southern Orange County. So rent was like expensive. Yeah. And I, and there was a season where that happened, like part of my life growing up, like maybe in the elementary school years, but then later 
we didn't need that kind of help anymore. Like we didn't need a roommate anymore. And so, yeah. And so I remember going to the store and my mom saying, no, we can't buy a Barbie or, (laughs) you know, things like that. Mm. What changed for you to not have to have a tenant in your house? My dad's income went up. He just started getting better at what he was doing, which was like pour cement, concrete, or Mm -hmm. he started doing like the foundation of homes and stuff like that. Got it. Um, Did your mom work? No, she was a full-time stay-at-home mom. Gabriel said that he was spoiled. Would you say uh, that you were spoiled as a kid or no? No. No. Um, Do you learn about savings, investing, things like that before you... No. No? No, no. We never talked about money. I was actually the one that like encouraged my mom to take me to the bank to open up my first checking and savings account. Wow. Do you like money? I, yes. Mm-hmm. When you think of money, what words come to mind for you, Anna? Freedom came to mind. What other word would come? Money. Um, fun. Um, and future. Wow. Freedom, fun, and future. They're all... Abundant. They're all future oriented. They're very positive. Do you know that? Hmm. That's really striking. Gabriel, what about for you? When you think of money, what words come to mind? To me, it's like a like to have money, obviously. I more picture like a house, like our own house, like a home. Mm -hmm. Okay. Home. Um, What else? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not being so tight, like living, I guess, almost paycheck by paycheck. It's really interesting to hear the way that you both think about money. And in a way, it's funny because two of us can say the same words, freedom or fun, and we can see them totally differently. Because Gabriel, I bet that quad that you bought was fun, right? Super fun. Yeah. But I bet you that's not the type of fun that Anna thinks about. Is it Anna? Right. It's very interesting that Gabriel had a positive upbringing with money, but he doesn't really have a cohesive philosophy about money today. If anything, he mentions it would be not worrying about money. That's his dream, which is not a real philosophy because the absence of something is not enough to be a financial philosophy. And also, interestingly, Anna grew up with stress on her family finances, and now she talks about fun, freedom, and future. It's very interesting how people can have a certain background and the way they react to that background can be completely unexpected. Now, listen to how they divide up the financial responsibilities. It works in the short term. It actually works quite effectively because Anna seems quite capable. But there's two problems. One is it drives you apart because she's the one who has to be responsible all the time and like mind the numbers and you don't. So that's a huge wedge, which drives people apart. And then two is what happens if something happens to Anna? Now we got an existential problem for someone who does not know how to deal with money. Yeah. So that's why I totally respect that in the past you had to put blinders on when you came out of rehab and they gave you these rules, of course you had to follow them, right? And of course you had to give up control. And Anna and your family 
were there to support. And it it was fantastic. But what I'm hearing is Anna wants to give back some of that control because of course you've proved it. I love that you have a support system now where you can talk to a therapist and we can do this gradually in terms of giving you more control, but I do want you to take the blinders off slowly. Yeah. How does that sound to you? Sounds good. Okay. Anna, how does that sound to you? Good. Mm -hmm. Why do you think she needs you for this process? Now, because she wants me to be more involved, to be aware of what where we're spending our where the money is going and what we're spending on and what um she wants to pay off or yeah why does she want you to be more involved why why um because she wants to uh, not be responsible fully responsible for it maybe what else she works full-time right anna you have a full-time job and you have and you have three kids, okay? All right, so you have a busy household. So that's number one, Gabriel. What is it? Can you say it for me out loud? Um, she just wants me to be more involved. Yeah, like she needs a little help. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right, like that's a lot of work for one person. Yeah. Anna, is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that by you seeing the numbers and what can be done with the numbers will hopefully help us be united into sacrificing now so that we can have like a better future. Okay. Okay. Well done. That was really cool. Round of applause for the two of you. (laughs) It's hard stuff to really communicate what actually you want and why. Boy, it's easy for us to jumble it up with a lot of words. And sometimes we just need really simple, simple things. You have a four-year-old, right? Your four-year-old asks, I don't know, why is there a moon or something? Like, we don't need to get into all the astronomy. It's just like, the moon gives us light at night. Clear. Sometimes we want to start there and be super clear. And then later we can get into the details. All right. Let's get into the numbers. All right, let me walk you through their numbers very quickly. Their assets are zero. Their investments are zero. Their savings are $1,000. Their debt is $56,300. Anna's gross monthly income is $5,400. Gabriel's gross monthly income is $3,200. Their combined gross monthly income is $8,600 or $103,000 per year. And finally, their fixed costs are 61%, which is pretty good. However, they pay no rent. Total net worth? Negative, 55,368. All right. What do you think about that? It's scary to me. Why? Because if one of us were to lose our jobs, like we don't know where the income would come from. And or, again, thinking of the future, like there's no money in our retirement. Yeah. Okay. And Gabriel, what do you think about that? Um, honest, uh, I feel guilt, um, regret, mm-hmm. because um, I wish I could have done things differently. but. 
I'm um, hopeful that we can change it. Powerful. Do you believe that you could change it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I wish I could. I mean, the things that happen, happen, but now is to look forward. The only thing to do now is to look forward and to change my habits that I had before to um, better ones. Okay. So negative 55,000 net worth. Not great. Just going to be honest. You both are around the age of 30. You have three kids. Okay. In certain cases, that would be disastrous. However, you have like a magic card, like a joker. And you know what that magic card is? Is that you don't pay rent. Mm -hmm. That's a secret code you both have. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the rest of your spending. But just know that there's definitely a path forward. Okay, you're not going to be stuck here forever. Okay, and you have $1,145 in car payment, including transportation and gas as well? So the car payment is $745, and then gas is about $400 uh -huh. a month. Yeah, because I commute. $400 to $500 I commute, yeah. Okay. What kind of car? BMW. X3. Oh shit. Ah, mm -hmm. How long until that thing is paid off? Uh, oh, I think it said uh, 20 months. 20 months, so less than two years? Yeah. Okay. And have you explored options to kind of turn that thing in, get something cheaper? Have you looked into that? Uh, no. I wouldn't mind at all. I, and I wouldn't either now. That's good. Okay, fine. Let's let's put a pin in that. That's an option. Who knows? But all right. Your debt payments are six hundred forty-one. What what kind of debt is this? Fifty-six thousand dollars in debt. So we have two school loans. We have Gabriel's and mine. We have the city credit card. We have the quad. I think that's all. How much is on the credit card? Eight thousand. Okay, and the student loans. Um, mine is closer to twelve thousand, so it's like eleven thousand eight hundred, and I think Gabriel's is also eleven thousand. Okay, and that quad. We have a little under three thousand left. I love so many things about this quad. First of all, the fact that I didn't even know what a quad was. <laughs> Second of all, that it just shows up one day in the driveway, which is literally inconceivable to me third that you've only used it five times and it's you're still paying it off years later and then my favorite part of all is that it's just sitting in the back with a flat tire like yeah. absolutely <laughs> like couldn't, couldn't script it better yeah, right. ladies and gentlemen yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry atv uh association of america ramit sati is out here telling people don't buy an atv okay just rent it you want to go on a nice trip? Just rent it. Uh, 300 bucks a yeah. day? God bless, okay? Do not yeah. buy an ATV with a flat tire. All right. Yes. Okay. Yes, do not. All right. So your debt payments are 640 Are you paying the minimum on that or are you paying more? On the quad? No, I'm paying way more on the quad. Like, so the quad, I'm paying like 300 Uh-huh. 
How about the credit card? Uh, the credit card. I'm paying minimum on that. Mm. Yeah. Why are you paying so much on the quad? Because I want to get rid of it. Because <laughs> you hate it. Okay, fine. We. So my, I, I want to like pay off all the debt. Like yeah. I want to throw in like a thousand dollars a month on the debt. And Gabriel is not fully on board with that. Um, he says, no, like, let's not do that much. Like, let's have some extra money to do other things. Like? Like, mm, maybe like uh, vacation. Um, maybe do more stuff with the kids. My example would be have the kids that like, grow up and then we are paying off the debt. And then when we have the money, the kids don't even want to hang out with us anymore. That's kind of my thing. I want us to have like the same goal as to what we want to do with our money. Got it. Have you both ever articulated what your goal is with money? No, not. I mean, we we both are in agreement that we do want to move out of his parents' house um, and that we do want to get out of debt. But there's no like roadmap to how um, we're going to get there. It's just uh, like one day we'd like to do X, that type of thing. Right. All right. Yeah. If you want to move out of your parents' house, that's a pretty big lifestyle thing that affects everything. I say we make a couple of very specific plans around those areas so that they're not just pie in the sky ideas. That would be my approach with this. Gabriel, would you be on board with that? Yeah. yeah. All right. What I want is for you to tell me how you can dramatically change what's going on here. Because right now, you're okay, but it's because you're subsidized. You have free housing. If you were to go out to the open market, meaning you were to pay the full price of what you should, quote, should be paying, you'd be broke. Right. Yeah. Okay. So in the, here's the way I look at it. I go, if, if I'm given the gift of free housing, phenomenal. I'm going to take that opportunity, save as much money as possible. I'm going to live lean. And then I'm going to save up huge and then when we go and get our place, we're going to be really mindful of how much we add because I want to keep saving money and never have to go backwards. That's the way I think about it. What do you both think about that philosophy? Yeah. I mean, that was supposed to be the intention when we moved back home with his parents for us to like save the money that we would be paying in rent. You have $1,000 in savings. Yeah. Yeah. And you make $103,000. What happened? Sometimes you might be fortunate enough to be in a temporarily great financial position. Maybe you moved in with your parents, or maybe you're getting a big tax refund, or you've had your student loans paused for years. Listen closely. The key is to take advantage of these opportunities. They don't come around that often. Now, most of us don't do this. We simply go on our merry way, spending like usual. And then when the temporary situation ends, we are stuck. Anna and Gabriel live with their parents. This is the time to be saving thousands and thousands of dollars. I get tons of email every single day, and I want to give you a behind-the-scenes look at how I manage emails from my team, from my family, and from you. I use a piece of software called Superhuman, and this is an email software that I actually pay for out of my own pocket. It works with your existing email service like Gmail or Outlook. And let me share how it saves me over 10 hours a week. So here are a few things I love about it. 
First off, it splits my inbox into different streams. So my important emails come into one place. It's not cluttered with a bunch of subscriptions everywhere. Next, I use keyboard shortcuts. Unlike you barbarians who literally click and peck through every single email, U to market unread, S to star it, J or K to cycle through messages. I use keystrokes to schedule messages, like when I want to ask one of my coworkers a question, but I don't want to send them an email on a Saturday. Now, I can work through dozens of emails in minutes using this. And Superhuman just introduced an AI feature, which allows you to take a huge email with all these people chiming in and automatically summarize what's going on in a few bullet points. It'll even draft emails for you. So if you want to buy back your time, Superhuman is a no-brainer to me. It's something I spend my own money on and I love it. Right now, all IWT listeners will get a free month of Superhuman. You can get started at superhuman.com slash Ramit. That's superhuman.com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T. I've got a colleague who's going through something stressful in her family life right now. And she's having these anxious thoughts and she told me it makes it hard for her to sleep. And we were talking about it and she said, you know what's been helping? She puts on a sleep story from Calm about a train ride through England. It's a guy with a very nice British accent. And within five minutes, she's asleep. I think it's very interesting that we talk about sleep. We worry about sleep. But often we try the same things we've tried for such a long time. And there's a lot of different approaches that we can take to sleep. Take Calm, one of our sponsors today. It's the number one app for sleep and meditation. It gives you the power to calm your mind. They have meditations on things like anxiety and stress. They can help you focus. They can help you relax. And as you heard, they have sleep stories for kids and for adults. The Calm app puts the tools that you need to feel better, including music, soundscapes, or even things that you can use to focus at work. If you go to calm.com slash Ramit, you'll get a special offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, and they add new content every single week. For listeners of this show, Calm is offering that exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash Ramit. So go to calm.com slash Ramit for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash Ramit. I mean, for me, the car payment is definitely, I think, the one that's like yes, horrible. Yes. Oh, yeah. That, the car payment would be, yeah, super helpful. Yeah, I would be on board getting rid of the car. How are you going to do that? I know. How do you do that? You could sell it. You can get a much cheaper one. Do you know if you sold it, how much you would get for it? Uh, no. I researched a couple years ago, but I, I I don't know what we would get for it now. No. Okay. Well, I would definitely look into that. You have to remember there's two things that are important when it comes to selling your car. First of all is how much would you get? Okay. Well, most of the time you're surprised in a bad way. But the second thing that a lot of people forget is the monthly costs. It's really important. So if you're currently spending over a thousand dollars a month and you're able to cut that down dramatically over the course of a year, 18 months, two years, that savings is massive. Yeah. 
It could be 500 bucks a month. That's pretty impressive, yeah. right? You you two get a, a nice, safe, used car. Save a bunch of money every month. Let's just, yeah. let's take a look at what that would look like, okay? What I'm keeping my eye on as I make these changes is this number right here, the 57%. I'm trying to get in the neighborhood of 40%. That's really what I'm trying to do. Just because I know then that if I were in your situation, I could then afford to eventually go out and get my own place, which is the goal you have. Okay. We don't have to get to 40% exactly, but just see that we're moving in the right direction. So let's take this number from 1145 to even seven. Well, you pay 500 bucks a month for gas. Damn. Is that premium gas? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. See, this is the thing. When you get expensive stuff, it has all kinds of expensive accessories with it. So trust me when I say this. Whatever car you get next should use the cheapest gas possible. Yeah. Right? That alone save you tons of money every month. You see what I'm saying? All right. Let's say that we're able to turn this number into, uh, I don't know. I want to be a little conservative here. 800 bucks. So that's 345 bucks a month. Can I just point something out? So the minor changes we've made so far, they're really not that big. Would get you $675 a month in extra cash. What would you do with that money? Use it to pay off the quad. <laughs> oh, oh shit. We didn't talk about that quad. Hold on. Sorry. We got to talk about that. Why is that quad sitting in the backyard and not just sold? Uh, someone explain that to me. I, I don't, I didn't want to sell it, but I can sell it. How much can you get if you sell that thing? I don't know. Whatever we owe on it. Yeah. Or whatever. Just get rid of that thing. Yeah. Okay. Just get get rid of it. Okay. Listen, I want to acknowledge a personal philosophy that I have of money, which is if you made a bad purchase, get rid of it. Stop throwing good money after bad. This is why you sometimes hear me advising couples to sell their house even at a loss, which is incredibly difficult for people to do because it means they actually have to face the decision they made. You know what most people do? They just keep on paying for something that is slowly causing their finances to sink. And they agonize and they worry and they get in fights about finances for years. It almost never gets better. My suggestion, rip that Band-Aid off. Because remember, it's hard to look forward when you are so busy looking backwards with your finances. That's going to save you quite a bit of money as well every month. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're basically like, you got like 800 bucks extra per month. What do you think about that? Um, I'm surprised to be honest, because it seems like we, like I didn't think we could get that much come back, like come back and have that much more money. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I don't. I didn't know where it would come. Like where it would come. I guess in my thinking. The fact is, you with a few minutes of work cut eight hundred bucks a month off of this. What do you think about the exercise that we did with the conscious spending plan? Well, I think it's a great. And and personally, for me, it's like it was foggy, like my vision was foggy, but now it's more of it's I can see. Yeah. 
maybe not the finish line, but I can see that there might be a finish line. So I feel a lot more motivated to actually start getting more involved. I'm excited. I like that. I like that. Anna, what about for you? I liked it. Like I enjoyed seeing how we can play around with the numbers and just by moving a few things around, selling the quad or, (laughs) or even, um, yeah, just thinking about the possibility of like looking into getting a different car. I think that's huge. I didn't hear you kind of like pushing back, fighting, none of that. It was, I was like, all right, we got a problem. Well, could we do this? So I'll, I'll stop doing that. A lot of selflessness, which I think was really inspiring. How do you want to go forward? How do you want to manage your money together so it's not just one of you doing it and the other handing over a paycheck? Well, I think I need to take more initiative in getting to know, I guess, maybe even actually doing a few of the payments myself just being more involved and I need to sacrifice now for so in the future we can have a better future. Gabriel's in charge of the ATV sale. Can we set a timeline? Like how long? Uh, I'm up. If you do it tomorrow, that would be amazing. Get some video, okay? I want to see the video <laughs> of them taking that thing away. Okay. <laughs> Let's check out a follow-up video from Anna and Gabriel. What I find surprising is that with a few minor tweaks that we did to to our budget, which I didn't really think were possible, our financial future has um, cleared up. What I take from it is that now I'm more motivated than ever to go ahead with that plan and to get out of debt sooner. I would say my biggest surprise is how much on board he was um, during our call and how much he was just contributing and sharing. And I've seen still about a week or two out, he's still motivated and we're talking about the changes that we need to make. And then the second thing, my biggest takeaway is that it's not too late for us. Like we can still retire, hopefully being uh, millionaires. And so that was super encouraging to me because I thought we were kind of like, late and um we kind of be struggling as we got older but um yeah those are our takeaways thank you i want to thank anna and gabriel for coming on the podcast being so candid i also want to thank you for listening and taking away your key lessons do me a favor if you enjoy this podcast go to apple Podcasts and leave a written review it really helps the podcast grow and of course if you want to learn more about money psychology Go to IWT.com slash podcast newsletter to get this Saturday's newsletter because once we send it out, we will not send it out again. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to I Will Teach You To Be Rich. I'm Ramit Sethi. Please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't read I Will Teach You To Be Rich, my book, pick up a copy. You can get it at any bookstore or any library, and it will show you the specific tactics for how to build the I Will Teach You To Be Rich system into your personal finances. You know, travel is one of my money dials. It's one of the areas that I love to spend money on. I travel for months every year, and I'm fanatical about the hotels I stay in and 
the experiences that my wife and I go through when we go on these trips. And I wanted to share another podcast that I really love called All the Hacks. It's by my friend Chris Hutchins. And Chris is the person I actually called when I wanted to build a personal playbook for how to use my airline points. I got on the phone with him and my assistant and Chris said, okay, which cards do you have? And we went through it and we built a personalized travel playbook because Chris knows everything there is to know about travel. And now he's got this amazing podcast that I want you to check out. Again, it's called All the Hacks. Chris has traveled to over 60 countries, mostly for free. And each week on All the Hacks, he shows listeners how you can do the same with expert guests. He even does deep dives on specific travel locations. For example, there was recently an episode with the founder of a travel company where he broke down where to find off-the-beaten-path experiences in Italy and the best way to use points and miles for your next trip there. I've had the opportunity to be Chris's guest multiple times. Most recently, we talked about money and relationships and building a shared vision for your rich life. You can check that out on episode 112. So check this podcast out. It's actually very interesting. I want you to search for all the hacks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your wallet will thank you later.